I think this is the last Sunday. Yes, it's the last Sunday of our prayer work series. We've been kind of delaying a little bit. And I think the Lord, and even though there's been logistical things, you know, for what we're trying to do next, I think God's allowed some delay for us to go, hey, don't, don't leave the, the topic of prayer because prayer should be all a part of our lives. And we started this in week one saying, hey, I don't want to put a question mark at the end of this, this you know, prayer work. And what we found is prayer works. And we have seen the response of many of you. Last weekend, we had, we had Diane and, and Judy share just a beautiful testimony in their, in their group, how prayer works. And I love those ladies, and, and you should go back and watch that if you missed it, because, man, they're fired up. They, they, they don't just pray little God bless me prayers. They're like prayer warriors. I don't even, they, there was a, they were like contending for the faith. I mean, they were like, we're praying through, and we're not giving up. And I think there's something about the, the tenacity of prayer. Because see, what I find I do that challenged me because I can, in the down days a little bit, maybe not pray as much, but my prayer, it's kind of lacking some quality and depth in my prayer. And I'm not talking like I have to pray this intellectual prayer, like, you know, and I got to throw some these and thous or something out there to make it like fancy or anything. I'm not talking about the words I pray, but I'm talking the heart behind my prayer. Because my prayer, and I would even say maybe like the motive of my prayer. I find that my prayer can be small, but it also can be a bit selfish. And uh, that God bless me and help me and all that. It's not, it doesn't mean that God doesn't want to bless me and help me. But as we said last weekend, we, we, live, in, we live in just a, a plethora of opportunity. God has blessed us. And sometimes what we end up doing is we, we our motives get a little bit skewed in, in prayer. Now, I, I think this was something that was kind of interesting to share with you. Since it's Super Bowl Sunday, I talk about motives and, and your, you know, for your own life. I, I, this is, a, I, my, one of my friends, Jason Hubbard, posted this. I as a friend, he says this, a good friend of mine had two tickets to the Super Bowl at the 50-yard line box seats. He paid $2,500 each, but he didn't realize that last year when he bought them, it was going to be the same day as his wedding. So if you're interested, here, here's so he said, this is the opportunity. He said, if you're looking for someone to take his place, it's at St. Michael's Church, 3 p.m. <laughs> the bride's name is Nicole. She's five foot four, about 115 pounds. Good cook, too. Should be the one in the white dress, blonde hair, green eyes. Okay. Now, how does that relate with prayer? I don't know, but I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, yeah, motive. Motive. What, what is our motive when it comes to what we're wanting? You can't have everything. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have the Super Bowl and the wedding the same day. There, there, is, there comes a time when we have to decide, what am I living for? What is the motive behind what I'm doing? And get, again, God, is, God doesn't, it doesn't mean he doesn't want to bless us, but we can get a lot of our focus, selfish and small prayer, uh, again, about who we are. Let me, let me ask this. If God answers all the prayers you prayed this last year, who would have benefited? Now, this is, this is you know, the motive of, of our lives. You know, you, your family, maybe some sick people that you know you care about, but what happens is we, we make it so self-centered in our self-centered prayer. You know what it, it does? It makes us self-centered Christians. And then you get a group of self-centered Christians together, you know what you end up getting? A self-centered church. Have you ever been a part of a self-centered church? They're not really fun churches to be a part of, are they? 
Because when you're self-centered, you're turned towards self. And then what happens in self-centered churches, they turn on themselves, don't they? That's why at Christ the King, we are on the mission to be out, to reach out, effectively reaching out to people that don't know Jesus and people that need, that they need transformation in their lives. And so when we start going, Lord, yeah, there's, I have my own, there's needs I have, but I'm turning my need toward what you can do. And so today as we, to wrap up, we're going to talk about praying bigger prayers and maybe even a little bit more courageous prayers. As we celebrate, you know, this, this month is Black History Month. And I, I came across this quote by Muhammad Ali. He says, he who is not courageous enough to take risks will accomplish nothing in life. And I tie that with prayer is, again, I find myself defaulting back to small and selfish prayers. And God's, I just think, sense the Lord is still saying, what if you ask me for something bigger? What if you went a little bit bolder? Don't you think I can do that? Don't you think it's possible there's more that I can accomplish? And I think the challenge, this is another thing, uh, matter of fact, Marcel and I were talking this morning about this, that we, we've lived the last couple years in a very a world that needs to be safe. And, and granted, in my opinion, yes, it, that we've, we've been battling a pandemic and people have died and it's, it's serious. It's been a health concern, right? And again, all the opinions about that, doesn't even talking about it. But, we're, but the reality is, if we're not careful though, we can get preconditioned that we live our lives just trying to be safe. Like, Physical, yes, we want physical safety. We want you know, health safety that's so important. But we get our, ourselves in the safe mode. And I remember you know, in your, if your computer, do you ever have that? Like it's in trauma and it goes in safe mode. And you're like, I don't even know. How, how do I get out of safe mode? And I think we get, we've been stuck the last few years. We've been preconditioned in our world to be in a safe mode. And so if you're in a safe mode, you put yourself in this little bubble. The problem with the little bubble is you isolate yourself in such a way, or at least layers of it, that the, the, the isolation, you, you put something in isolation in a bubble, there's no oxygen, it's gonna die. And we're gonna die in isolation. And we need one another. And we need to say, God, I, there, there's a risk that I need to take. There's a risk relationally. There's a risk of reaching out and caring for people. There's a risk in my faith. Would I be willing first to really pray risky prayers? And so here's our, today's challenge is to dare to ask God for the impossible. To dare to ask God for the impossible. What if we prayed this way? What, what would happen if we prayed in such a way? This is a challenge for me because I also have been programmed over the last few years, at least enculturated to play it safe. Because safety has about, been about survival. And we've prayed prayers going, God, we just need to get through what we need to get through. And, and I'm wondering if there's some bigger prayers to pray. And I'm wondering if there's, there's some uh, less selfish prayers to pray that God is calling us to pray in. So, I look around, I'm like, well, where do I, where, how can I pray that way? Well, the Bible is filled with some really bold and courageous prayers. And one of the prayers we're going to look at is a prayer that Joshua prayed today. We could call it the sun stand still prayer that we're going to look at and, and unpack here in the moment. As, and as we dive into this, this story, this historical account, let me give you to this moment, this day that the sun stood still. When Joshua prayed, let me give the backstory. 
the first nine chapters of Joshua, we find that, well, Joshua, even before that, he, he's called to be the leader after Moses dies. You read Joshua chapter 1, it says the, uh, the, the, that Moses dies, and Joshua the son of Nun becomes the leader. Well, the response to Joshua is, oh no, how did I become the leader? And right away, God assures him, says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear, for the Lord your God is with you. And Joshua leads this new generation. They're, they're on the edge of the promised land. Now they've got to conquer the promised land. So you read the first nine chapters is uh, you, you find that you're going to take the land. The problem, there's already people in the land. That, that's a problem. There's a problem to the people that are in the land, right? That's, you know, it's, and so this conflict that goes on and conquests for that, well, by chapter 10, what we find is the people in the land are not happy with what's happening. And so they, can't, they have a difficult time defeating God's army. And so they say, we can't do it individually. Let's team up together. And so you read in chapter 10 how the, the, the kings of Amorite, they get together and they form a, a, a five-kingdom, five-king uh, you know, coalition. And... And what they do is they, they found out that Israel had pledged to, and again, a partnership that formulated with Gideon, or not Gideon, uh, um, shoot. Help me, Lord, no. Um, <laughs> give, um, why can't I say the word? Gibbon? Um, huh? Gibeon, Gibeon, you ever have a moment you're going, I wonder if I need more coffee. Uh, that's the moment. Gibeon, God called Joshua to pr help protect Gibeon. Gibeon, so that kind of the little brother. Well, the rest of these other armies, warring armies say, let's, at let's attack Gibeon. Let's attack them, and then Joshua and the, and, and the Israel have to come to the aid. And that's exactly what happened. There was this setup that took place. And we read in verse 6 of Joshua 10, it says, The Gibeonites, they sent word to Joshua in the camp of Gilgal, Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us because of the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting Men. So you just picture any kind of epic battle. Watch any kind of big screen movie and you see these, these, these armies formulating together and they're all surrounding Joshua and his army in Gibeon. And they're like, We're, this is the opportunity. And I tell you, these prayers, that they, the prayer that he prays is not a small prayer. And I think when you get to pray the impossible, many times you're, you're in a desperate place. You're at this place, and it's not a, dear Jesus, bless my food, bless my day, bless my trip prayer. This is a huge prayer in this moment. And so there's this challenge that we, we see where Joshua's challenge, and I think it's something that can speak to us this morning about daring God for the impossible. One of the thoughts I have for this, you're taking notes, you might feel overwhelmed, but know that you're not outnumbered. When you're faced with what you're going through, there's just a time where you just feel overwhelmed. I've had moments like that where I've, I've felt it. Have you, and let me ask, you know, as, maybe as a kid, you ever felt ganged up? Some of you have gone where you've been bullied. And, and Chris and I work with students here on Sunday nights, and, and uh, no, not tonight because we have Super Bowl, but uh, we, we 
fine with the students we have even this day. It doesn't matter what decade you live in. There's still bullying. There's still people being picked on one another and feel ganged up upon. Now, now it's cyberbullying, and, and now it's a lot of it's talk with the students. It's, it's still at school. The same thing. The still pecking order that, that goes on is amazing. Some of you are like, you think you grew out of that, but you, don't, you haven't. There's bullying. You have a, a bully boss. You have a, a neighbor. You have, you're in an HOA, and the, there's a bully. There's a lady in the neighborhood that's bullying the neighborhood, okay? Don't point fingers. You might be the one, the president of your thing. They're all over, right? What do we do, though, actually in a bigger sense of, of what comes over us where we can feel outnumbered, we can feel trapped? That's what was happening with Joshua. They, and physically, they're outnumbered five to one. Look at verse eight. It says, the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them in your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. God gives assurance to him, just like he did in chapter one, that I'm with you, I'm not gonna forsake you, don't be afraid, and, and he, but he was afraid. He, they felt surrounded. And I'll just be real with you, that times when fear grips you, it can almost just jump on your back, can it? It can happen in the, in the daytime where you're, you're just going through and you just feel the weight and you feel surrounded by it. And it just kind of encroaches upon you. And I don't know what, it's kind of crazy, but I get, I get dreams and it's reoccurring dreams that I'm in a building and it's collapsing. Or I'm standing somewhere and I fall into a hole and I'm getting buried alive. Those are not sweet dreams, by the way, when you feel like you're getting buried alive. And of course, you know, the, the, the smartest thing you do is just Google that. You know, you find out. It means that, oh, you're, you're dealing with fear. Or you're concerned about something. You're feeling life is heavy upon you. I'm like, yeah, every day it feels that the way, you know. And I find, I don't know about you, I'm just being real with you, and you can share with your group how that's happened, how fear has gripped you and has affected you. Um, it, it's, it's a real feeling. And, and so what we have is, even though we feel surrounded, God brings this assurance to Joshua yeah, you feel surrounded and overwhelmed, but you don't have to be overwhelmed by those around you. My presence can be with you. I love what Psalm says, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I think that's a great question to ask ourselves when we put it in perspective. I'm going through what I'm going through. I feel surrounded. I feel like I'm being buried alive and everything is crushing upon me. And I really appreciate, Marcel, that song today. It really spoke to me. That was, I felt like when I was singing that song, New Wine, like I've heard it a thousand times. I'm going, wow, that Lord is saying, buddy, that's for you today. That the crushing, right? We feel that crushing and, and just, just like pressing in. And yet God's doing something with that. He's, he's bringing us to this, this place to say, depend on me, trust in me, and I'm on your side. You, even though you feel overwhelmed, you don't have to feel outnumbered. And so the answer is, what can man do to me? Nothing. Nothing. They, they could torture us. They could kill us. They could, there's all these things that could happen to us. And even if we die, we win. Paul says that. Even though, you know, that, that I'm, I'm going through what I'm going through, he says, listen, my prize is one day, my prize is going to be heaven. You know, even if, if, if someone in this earth takes us out, we have one at the end through Christ. So when you, when you ask God for the impossible, you know, recognize there's times that you're feeling overwhelmed, but you, you're not outnumbered. You're not outnumbered because God is on your side. And, and also know this, he usually instructs you to do something that is uncomfortable and inconvenient. 
when you ask God to do the impossible, be warned. He usually instructs you to do something that's uncomfortable and inconvenient. And I say usually, how about most of the time? How about 99.9% of the time, right? To emphasize that when we're stepping out in faith, of course, that's the only, you know that's the only way you, way you can please God is faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you're comfortable and everything's great and everything's wonderful, whatever five minutes of your week that you have of that, go, ooh, am I in God's will? You know, sometimes we go, I'll pray God's will that, that, that everything works out. But not everything works out. Really? Not, not according to what we want. Right? So we have to, that, that's, that's sobering news for us at times. But that was what was happening. So, you, you know, and I want to jump to this cool part, this sun standstill moment here, but I don't want to pass over a little detail that's a part of this. It says in verse 9, it says, After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. So what's happening is they're feeling surrounded, and the Lord speaks to Joshua. I want you to, well, I want you to get it together. I want you to get geared up. We're going to, you're going to march. You're going to, you're going to, we're going to, we're going to, you're going to take a, you're going to take a march. And what we find is, is it was, it's an all night march. And Bible scholars and stuff say it was about 20 miles uphill. So they got all their gear, all their equipment, all their weapons. And it took about eight to 10 hours in the dark as they move into the enemy's territory. See, Joshua didn't pray, you know, Lord, help us just have a nice day. Help us have a nice meal. How does this get through? Like bedtime, bedtime prayers. No, he's stepping in, and, and, and we heard in worship, you know, stepping into praying dangerous prayers. Can I tell you, if you're going to pray to God to make the sun stand still that we're going to look at here in a moment, sometimes you've got to march all night. And when we talk about prayer, the prayer works, well, prayer takes work. It takes work. And listen, I, I pray, but sometimes I pray like the little, the little flip calendar on my, you know, on my, on my counter. I, I look prayer, and I, sometimes prayer looks like Hallmark quotes. That's not prayer. That's encouragement toward prayer, but prayer is, prayer is work. Prayer takes, prayer takes time and energy and focus. It's not just mealtime, bedtime, or pass a COVID test. It's, it's something greater that God is trying to do. And it's interesting how you read in Scripture where prayer, there was a work of prayer. And, you know, Jesus, when he was training his disciples, he told them to go out two by two, and then they come back, and they had a debriefing, and they like, how, what was your experience? And they come back kind of defeated and beat up a little bit, and they're saying, well, we try to, you know, try to cast a demon out of this, this boy, you know, he's like struggling, and, and, and he turned on us, and we ran, and, and it, was, it was really bad. It didn't work out too well at all, and, and this is what Jesus says. He says to them this. He says, but this because he said, but this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. I'm not saying you need to go chase after demons this week or anything like that. You're just trying to get through your day. You're trying to get through life. You're trying to work through what you're working through. And you're just saying, why do I feel defeated? Why am I getting down? I'm just wondering is, are we putting the effort and we putting the work uh, in, into prayer? Prayer takes, prayer saying, Jesus saying it takes labor. It is like marching all night. So I want to challenge us this week is to fast and pray. 
to fast and pray. And, and it's so simple to say that. Uh, and it's, why it's so simple, well, it's so simple when you not do it, then it doesn't, we don't do it. So what does that look like for you to fast and pray? I want to give you some ideas. Because first of all, I'm really not really great at this. Okay. When I was in Idaho, my pastor, when we first moved there, he was on a 30-day fast. So 30 days. I, for my first month of knowing this guy, I've never seen him eat. And so we, he'd have tea and honey, and I don't know what else he put in it, but it wasn't food. And he, he would do, and then he goes, hey, you want to play racquetball? And so day 21 of his fast, we play racquetball. He, he smokes me in racquetball. I'm like, you haven't eaten? I'm, I'm really, I must be really bad at racquetball. And he, you know, that's amazing, right? And so I felt intimidated at times, but he was, was such a humble guy. He never bragged about it or anything, but that's how he lived. And so like, I can't do that. And sometimes it's like, well, it's too high to do that. And so what I've kind of learned, because I don't know, I'm food dependent, um, is, is that I've learned something that, yeah, I've done some, a day of fasting, but sometimes it's just fasting a meal. For some of us, it's just saying, I'm going to dedicate, instead of eating lunch, I'm going to dedicate, and I'm just going to pray through my lunch hour today. It might not have to be every day. Um, for some of us, it might be fasting other things, like social media. That's what I'm committing to this week as part of some other things, some, some meal fasts I'm going to do, because it has become, this has become a bit addictive. And, 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 and I find myself like, oh my gosh, do I, have to, do I have to fill all my margins of my time by, you know, in the grocery store, you know, this like, do I need, like, it's ridiculous, right? So this might be a thing that you, you're like, oh, you're speaking to me. But maybe there's something else you need. Maybe you're like, you know, I'm going to fast from negativity this week. <laughs> How do you do that? I'm just going to avoid it. I'm going to find a way. Be purposeful in your fasting. What's the point of fasting? The fasting is really to help us just focus. Spend some time going, what I would have been doing over here in that margin, I'm going to do this. I'm going to dedicate that toward the Lord. And it's, there's also a sense of sacrifice that goes on that I'm feeling like I'm actually that hunger for food or that desire for this or whatever it is. All that prompts me to pray. It prompts me to spend more time with the Lord. And then also, Jesus says fasting only comes out through fasting prayer. There's something of warfare that happens. There's something that's girding up. Just like the, the army is getting ready in battle, also fasting prepares us as well for the battle that we're, whatever we're going through and we're facing. So I challenge you with that to think about how you could pray this week to do that. Fasting is a great thing. Finally, in daring God to do the impossible. Here they, they marched all night, and we're going to get to the, sun, to the sunrise and the sun stood still moment. Your faith finally meets up with God's favor. When you dare to ask God for the impossible, your faith finally meets up with God's favor. So here we come. Daylight happens. It says, the Lord threw them, them, the enemy, those five nations, into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. How did it happen? How were the enemies defeated, Joshua's army? Because of this prayer that he prayed. It wasn't the magical words of the prayer, but it was this culmination coming in this point, the effort that went involved, the preparation that led up to this moment that Joshua would pray this prayer. It says, on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, sun stand still over Gibeon and 
You moon over the valley of Alcohol. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself of its enemies as it was written in the book of Gashar. It goes on to say this, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky, delay going down for about a full day. There had never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all of Israel to the camp of Gilgal. The longest recorded day in history, this pause that happened for the sun to stood still. Now, you ever wish for time to freeze? Moments in time we have. I, I find that back on the phone, this is my issue, but I'll look and there'll be like a featured photo on my phone. And it'd be like of the kids when they were younger or something. And I'll, I'll like screenshot it and send, to them, send a picture to them. I don't know if they like that. They never comment on it. So I don't think they're like... <laughs> why are you sending me my 12-year-old, like, you know, soccer, you know, baseball picture, right? But it's me reminiscing, right? Me working through my empty nester life. Um, but, but I find that we want to freeze those times. And I love pictures that do that, but, we, but time marches on. And there's moments in our life, but there is like, just like a movie, there can be this slow-mo mo- moment that we have. And God will do something. Now, Scientifically, you read that, and you're kind of like, oh, the sun can't stand still because it's, you know, we, we rotate around the sun. How can the sun stood still? We, you know, and so, you know, if you're, you're acting like Bill Nye, the science guy, please stop doing that. Because what happens is, you know, you're going, the sun sets. The sun really doesn't set, okay? Just so you know, we use that terminology, euthanism. So don't get, don't get too worked up with the Bible not being technically right, okay? I just want to encourage you with that because we say stuff all the time that's not technically right. But I do read it this way is the fact that, that God invites us into a place of trust. God invites us in the same, this, this place that he doesn't care about how we get it all right and we pray these perfect prayers and this happens. And it's not even about the magical prayer that, that, that Joshua prayed. It comes into the, to the power, into the faith to believe for God to do the impossible. And I just sense the Lord this week is this, he invites us into a place of trust. He invites us into this place of trust, saying, God, I'm going to trust you for what you're going to do in this moment and this time and this time. It, it, and it, 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 times change and things happen, but this is the moment that's there. And that faith, as I said before, it pleases God when we depend upon him. A scripture that just comes to mind is 1 John where it just brings it to a head. It says this, this is the confidence we have approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Man, if there ever was a powerful promise that God would give us, the problem is we read, we read it the wrong way sometimes. It's not asking according to everything that you and I want. It's everything according to his will. It's all about his will. So when we want to dare the impossible, what God is going to do, it's not our selfish and small prayers that are going to do it. It's the prayer that he wants us to pray and what he wants to accomplish that's beyond us. It's, it's, it's beyond even our own needs and our own, our own desires. So when you want to pray the will of God, how do you do that? How do you pray God's will? Well, you're not going to be able to pray, pray God's will until you know his word. If you read through the Bible, we could do a whole series on prayers that are prayed, just like this prayer prayed. You can pray into those prayers. Read through 
read through Ephesians and Colossians, those beginning of those, those two books, and you'll see Paul pray these prayers. You're like, I'm not sure how to pray the word of God. Just, just pray what Paul prayed. It, it works. It's in the Bible, right? But you're praying according to his will, not your will. And to know his will is to know his word. But the opposite sometimes, we pull, we, our boldness, again, you know, what I say is sinks with his purposes. When that happens, that's where something dynamic takes place. Now, the opposite sometimes people go, well, if he already knows his will because he's God, why even pray in the first place? I mean, really, well, if you know his will and your relationship with him, your prayers become what he wants us to pray. And that's where the, dy- the dynamic thing happens. And, and you're thinking, but God already knows and you already do it. Why even do that? Because he wants to join us in the sun's standstill moments. He wants us to experience. If you, again, you got to go back and watch those ladies last week. I mean, they were fired up and they're firing us all up. What is it happening? Because they're in, they're in the moment. They're, they're part of the adventure of what God is doing. And if you're bored, if you're, your, your faith is apathetic, if you're at that place, and again, I have days like this, I'm thinking, am I really, am I reeling your will, Lord? And, and I find if I get to the word and I begin to pray through it, like, oh, Lord, that's the promise. That's what you're wanting to do. And you can and believe, my faith can grow, that I can believe you to do the impossible. And so, I don't know what your prayer, your son standstill prayer looks like. You know, I, I don't, how, how do you, what does that look like? You know, for me, a, a prayer can be this. Lord, just as you did in Joshua's day of making the sun stand still, I pray you will make the sun stand still over my life, my family, my church, my community. Lord, the promises are true. I know them. Help me to believe those promises in your word to come to be true. And it's a prayer I pray in a sense that I'm praying his word. I'm praying through what he wants and what he desires. And if we do that, then we get to see the work that's done. It's, it's just a, it's an awesome thing. And so I'm going to invite um, Matt and Marcelo to come now and, and close. But I, I, I guess I want to challenge us. Are you still praying safe prayers? Would you and I willing to pray more dangerous prayers? See, what would happen rather than us just praying, God, bless my day, Lord, use me as a blessing today to the people around me. See, there's a blessing that goes with that, a blessed day, but you're not getting the blessing. You're a channel of that blessing. What if we prayed, Lord, not just bless my trip, but Lord, where I go and who I interact along the way that you would use my life as an influence and an encouragement to the people around us. When we gather for the meal and we, we pray over our Super Bowl hot wings today, God bless the hot wings today and bless my favorite team, which God, does God have favorites? I have no idea on that. So you can pray whatever team. He doesn't, does he care? I don't know. But what I would say is pray blessing. Say, Lord, what I have, what I have would be a blessing. What you've given me It'll be a blessing to other people. See what I'm saying? I'm just saying that's a step toward more dangerous prayers, but praying some impossible prayers. And we were talking about how you start praying more impossible prayers when you get a place of urgency and dependence on him. And I just want to bring you into the dependence of, of the Lord as a church to do that. I believe, and this is where this prayer needs to go, I believe that God has planted North Bay in this community 
for a purpose. Does everybody believe that? That God has, has us here for a purpose. I don't think he wants us to go away. Not just the church with the capital C. I don't think the, the Lord is done with North Bay and what he wants to do. But I would say that there is surrounding armies around that would like to take us out. And I don't mean by that just some physical. Don't, don't get me wrong on that. But there's armies around us that, that would love to, to take us down. And as we reach out to the weak and the hurting and the, and the Gibeons of life, which we're called to do, we're called to reach out to, there is a risk in it because we, we don't just start praying, God, bless me, bless who I am, where, where I'm at, prayers. We're saying God allows to be a blessing. How we can reach out into our community, how we can serve people and love people and care for people, the hurting, the lost, the lonely people in our community. We've been called to be that church and we will be that church. And I'm excited about as we go into the unstoppable, to be the to be an unstoppable force of what God wants to do. But if we're, we don't have prayer behind us, if we don't have, if we don't pray the impossible prayers, we're going to turn within and we're going to be the selfish, self-centered church that we don't want to be. And it'd be tragic lead. And I, I, I refuse to pastor a church like that. And I have a feeling you refuse to be a part of a church like that. And we are not that way. But there is external threats that come in. And I, I would encourage you, if you could pray a prayer for the impossible to take place, what I'm going to say, it's gonna, for those who been around for a while, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a very old thing to pray for. But we need an entrance. <laughs> we need an entrance. We need, a sing, we need one signature for an, so we can have an entrance over here so we can actually get a permit all we need that, and then we can dig hole. And you're like, we've been here before. We're still here. Could you believe, as part of your prayer and fasting this week, could you pray for that specifically? Now, I take it in the fact that I still believe God wants us on this corner. I, I think you raised your hand. We're still to be in this community. And to pray specifically for that, could we pray that? In fact, Judy and Diane, if you could mention your prayer group this week to pray for that. I love what's going on in your group there. All of us join in to do that. But I, I know it's bigger than a building. I so, so desire to go, God, I, I, I want this place to be filled again with people. I, I want to see young families return to our church. And we have a few that are here and around, but not a whole lot. I'm praying in for a young couple to be on our staff this year. I don't know who they are. I'm praying, I'm praying for that. Could you pray specifically? That's been on my heart to say, God, who else could you bring in to partner together with us as we have that need that's there? I, those are a couple prayers I have to pray for the church. But even bigger than that is to believe God for what he wants to do to bring the transformation that's so desperately for the, for the people here in, in our community and to pray in your neighborhood and to pray, to pray and God would give you opportunity to reach out. But I do know this. I do know this is that before we can be a blessing, I recognize there's needs in this room and I recognize that there's people that are watching online and this morning that before I can be out there, I, I feel surrounded today. You feel overwhelmed today. And so I, I don't want to get away with the fact that, that there's need that you have and to, to, to dismiss that need because I think I know your heart. I know many of you. Your heart, is, your heart is not to be selfish. Your heart is not to be me, 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 God bless me. But you, you, have, you have need, real need in your life. And you want to be a blessing, but it's hard to be a blessing when you feel surrounded and you feel overwhelmed. And I just want to pray for you today. I want to give you opportunity 
uh, to respond as well. So I'm going to invite you to stand as we close in this prayer and we're going to be leading in and believing God is going to bring a way that there's no way and to trust him and all that he's going to do as we sing this in declaration to the Lord. But right now, and this might be the dangerous prayer of the day to pray, is to pray for you. And I invite you with with eyes open and and everybody looking around. Don't look around. Uh, But you with, right here, you're looking at me, you would say that you're needing prayer, that you are feeling, because you're feeling overwhelmed and surrounded, surrounded by fear, circumstances, struggle that's there. And all I'm asking you to do is just simply raise your hand if that's you today. Could you raise your hand if you're feeling overwhelmed? Look around the room. Wow, I'm not the only one. You're, you're with me. We're not the only ones. So keep your hand raised. And if you don't mind, I think it's okay. We're pretty safe with physically do this. Could the people that have their hand up, could you put those around you? Could you put your hand on their shoulder? If their hand is up, can we find somebody just to put a hand on a shoulder? And I hope I'm okay with this. I hope we're good. We're taking some risk here health-wise. But I want to pray. And the Bible says of, of laying on hands. So it's biblical. So the Lord's going to do this work. And well, all I'm going to do is pray this prayer over you. Lord, God, I thank you for the honesty in this room. I thank you that I'm a part of a church that's real, that's authentic, that says, you know what? That's me. I'm going through what I'm going through. And I feel overwhelmed. I feel surrounded. And Lord, we identify that. We identify that there's these times where we feel like the enemy has been encroaching upon us in many different ways. It might be fear that comes over us, so the greatest thing, anxiety and worry that are all packaged, that bring this feeling like we're buried alive. But Lord, we have circumstances that are tied to overwhelm with busyness. We're overwhelmed with a, a need of someone else's life. And we just feel heavy right now. For some in this room that are they're overcoming sickness, they're just feeling heavy physically and they need your touch, Lord. Whatever it might be, relational struggles, money. Some people are feeling right now that actually they're just buried with the debt they're, they're struggling through, Lord. There's so many ways to do that. But Lord, I'm so glad of the promise you said that, Lord, you are with us. Just like you're with Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear. The Lord your God is with you. That 10 chapters later, the same promise was there. Even when they felt surrounded, the Lord says, I am with you. I am going to fight your battle. And may we receive the same assurance today that you're doing the same work. And so, Lord, as we feel surrounded by the problems and the issues and even the enemy encroaching on our life, may the hand on the shoulder remind us of your hand upon our life, that you are with us, that the Lord is on our side and by our side, that, Lord, you are with us and yet your presence surrounds us and your people surround us. What more do we need? So, Lord, will you work right now, Lord Jesus? Will you just minister to the people right now? Those that are online, may they put their hand on their own shoulders. Say, Lord, your hand is there upon my life. You're with me. Those in the room here, they, they would sense your presence right now. Assurance that you've not left them nor forsake them. 
God, if there's anyone here listening or watching or participating today, and they do not have a relationship with you, that they're that means they're by themselves, Lord. They don't have faith. They don't they don't have the personal relationship with you, Lord. Will you visit them right now and share with them that you're real to them, and they would feel overwhelmed with your presence, without a doubt that you love them and inviting them into relationship with you, and they would say yes to you. God, I pray over each one in this room, those of us that have hands on shoulders, Lord, as well, that, God, we can be a blessing to those this week and put hands on shoulders and reaching out to people that are in need around us. And, God, those that are receiving the prayer today, they would leave and feeling empowered to do the same as they are blessed to be that blessing in and through us, Lord, we pray. We ask this, Lord, in the mighty and the dangerous name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing this.